Hello, and welcome to The Shining Light, where we are shining the light of the gospel and speaking the truth in love, providing strength, and stirring the hearts of our listeners. We are so glad to have you joining us today as you listen to this message from Pastor Tim Cruz. I read an article by a gentleman who stated, as an astrophysicist, I first came to recognize God through the design and sheer awesomeness of the universe. But the more I learn about biology, particularly of human beings, the more I stand amazed. Galaxies are incredible and awesome structures, but in terms of complexity and design, they don't even come close to the awesomeness of human bodies. I don't understand why some atheists are so down on humankind and think we're nothing compared to the universe. It's not about size or even number. A universe filled with stars, galaxies, and black holes may be immense and grand, but I can simulate a lot of it with a relatively simple formula translation, high-performance scientific computing program. It's got nothing on the sheer wonder contained within a single human body, which is its own biological universe of unbelievable complexity and purpose. The psalmist declared in Psalm 139 and verse 14, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Deep in the heart of man, there's a realization that there is a God in heaven who made us. We are eternal souls housed in a temporary body. Our body will die one day, but our soul, the real us, will live on forever. Think of the value of your soul, one has said, when both heaven and hell are after it. Oh, there is a heaven, yes. Oh, what hope for every believer in Jesus Christ. A heaven to gain, but there is also an eternal hell to shun. Jesus warned of this place of hell. He spoke of it more times than he did even of heaven. And I want us to just look at the scriptures this morning and see what God's word says about this place called hell. I want you to take your Bibles and stand with me, please, and turn to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 16. We're going to read two verses here. Luke 16. Let's read it aloud together. The Bible says in the Word of God, Luke 16, verse 22 and verse 23, And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Thank you. You may be seated. God wants us to listen to what His Word has to say about this eternal place called hell. 
I want you to write this down and make a note of this, if you will. Number one, listen to what God's Word says about hell because hell is a real place. The Bible says in verse 23, and in hell, he lift up his eyes in hell. Jesus said in Matthew 25, verse 41, that hell is a place of everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. It is a place where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. The Bible speaks here of this place of hell. It's an amazing picture that God gives us here because this speaks of Abraham's bosom. This speaks of the Old Testament Sheol or another word would be Hades, a place where the dead would go. They would go to the heart of the earth. Prior to the resurrection of Jesus, Hades is presented in Scripture, one writer says, as having two compartments, one for comfort, which is paradise, and the other for torment. When Jesus rose from the dead, He emptied the comfort side, the paradise compartment of Hades. And victorious Jesus took all of the Old Testament believers with Him to heaven. So for us today in this dispensation of the New Testament church age, all that is left of Hades is the torment side. Unto this day when a believer dies, we are immediately present with the Lord. And when a non-believer dies, they go to the torment of Hades. It's a holding place for a future everlasting hell or lake of fire. It will be emptied one day. All those who died without faith in Jesus Christ will be brought before the great white throne of God. Revelation 20 and verse 15 says, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Hell is a real place. I think of so many in this day, it's like, Let's not even go there. We're not talking about those in the world. We're talking about those in the church. Uh, let's be careful. Let's just talk about heaven and the glory that awaits us and all the good that the gospel brings. That's wonderful. But the reason there is a gospel is because there's not just a heaven. There is also a hell. There is a hell. There is a place, the Bible speaks here, of everlasting torment. Verse 23. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments. The last part of verse 24, I am tormented in this flame. The rich man was in hell not because he was rich, but because he trusted in his riches instead of God. And as he found himself there, Abraham said to him, the last part of verse 25, Lazarus is comforted, but thou art tormented. Look in the last part of verse 28. He said, I've got family. I, I need someone to tell them, someone to testify to them lest they also come into this place of what? Torment. Who is on your heart? Who comes to your mind right now? A loved one? 
if we're not careful, we're just kind of going through the motions in church, aren't we? If we're not careful, we may not even mean it or be aware of it, but we're actually playing games. But souls are in the balance. Ever-living, never-dying souls, your loved ones and mine. Your neighbor, your co-worker, who is it that God has put in your path that you can testify to them that they can hear the good news of the gospel lest they go to that place of torment. It's powerful to me. I want you to hold your place there. But look over Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. I want you to see what God says about this. Matthew 7. We read in verse 13 and 14. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to what? Destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Many, underline that. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And what? Few there be that find it. There are going to be more people in hell than in heaven. Men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. In our pride, we are self-willed. We can look at our own self-righteousness and think we are good enough. We don't need God. We don't need a God or the God or any God. We don't need forgiveness. We just need a better version of ourselves. Oh, how, how dangerous it is to believe a lie, to be deceived, to actually one day be separated from God forever in a place called hell. Hell is a real place. Number two, listen to what God's Word says about hell because all kinds of people go to hell. This is not a parable here. Jesus gives us a specific name of a real person. We hear of this beggar named Lazarus. It was a common name, not the one that Jesus rose again or raised from the dead. But his name means God helps. Very common in that day. He was filled with ulcers, boils, sores. The Bible says so much. In verse 20 and 21, that the dogs came and licked his sores. As I read back through that, I wondered if that was not even a form of comfort to him. He had nothing in this life. See, it's not about your standing in life. It's not about your status. All kinds of people go to hell. He was a rich man. The Bible says that in verse 19... He was clothed in purple. That was a picture of royalty. That was a color of those who were uh, well endowed and, and those of influence. Purple and fine linen. He fared sumptuously. The fine dining that you and I may enjoy a few times in our lifetime, he enjoyed every day, every meal. Lazarus could only imagine eating like that. 
He had everything this world had to offer but God. Think about it. Now, Lazarus, the beggar, had nothing that this world could offer. He had nothing but God. In the end, Lazarus had what everyone needs. We all need God. We all need forgiveness. We all need to be ready to leave this world at any moment without notice. Because the Bible says it's appointed unto men once to die. And after that, the judgment. You're going to meet the God who made you one day. The very God who created you and gave you the breath of life. You're going to meet him and give account one day. And the one question will be, what have you done with my son, the Lord Jesus? My gift to you, my offering for your sin, my way of escape, my way of forgiveness and eternal life. What did you do with my son, the Lord Jesus? I'm glad that God showed me long ago, opened my heart and my mind that I was a sinner and I needed Jesus. I needed God to forgive my sin and save my soul. And that's exactly what God did. Do you have that assurance this morning? I don't know what you're facing, but if you're saved, you're secure. If you're saved, you're safe. If you're saved, it's going to be all right. The best is yet to come. This world is headed for judgment. Don't cast your lot with this world. Don't get caught up in thinking, well, I'm going to live kind of leisurely and casually and I'm going to leave God out and it's going to be all right. It's not going to be all right. This world is headed toward judgment. But God's people were headed for deliverance. Do you know the Lord today? It doesn't matter your station or status in life. Jesus spoke of the rich young ruler who trusted his riches more than in God. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Luke 18. What he's saying is this, Don't trust in anything or anyone other than the Lord himself. Because you think, well, I, I don't want to give up what the world has. But look, what the world offers you ultimately one day will betray you. It won't be worth anything. And by the way, when the digital currency hits, I think we're all going to be amazed at how little to nothing we have. They said there were many people who took their life when the stock market crashed back in 1929 when they realized they had lost everything of this world, they despaired even life itself. And they would jump off buildings. I'll tell you, riches of this world have wings, Proverbs says. One day, they will fly away. See ya. And they're gone. Oh, don't cast your lot with this world. Don't trust in anyone 
or anything other than the Lord Jesus Christ? 1 Corinthians chapter 6 we read, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. No matter who you are, no matter what your sin is, you need forgiveness. You need Jesus Christ. You need the very change that only God can bring by grace through faith in our Savior. I'm glad that 1 Corinthians 6 doesn't stop there. And he says, and such were some of you. Some of you were bound by sin, blinded by sin, broken by sin even. But you're redeemed. You're justified. You're washed. You're cleansed. You're forgiven by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Declared innocent, not guilty, righteous by His righteousness. Oh, what a wonderful Savior we have this morning. I hope you know Him. If you don't, you can get to know Him today. And if you know Him, I hope that you'll make Him known. Revelation 20, verse 11 and 12. And I saw a great white throne and Him that sat on it from those or whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Everyone's going to stand before God one day. It says here both great and small. You may reach so high in this world. But if it's only in the eyes of man and not in the eyes of God by faith in Jesus Christ. That will not avail in that day. It won't matter. All that you ever hope to be and try to achieve and accomplish and accumulate in this life. Will be left behind. It doesn't matter if you are in a place of prominence. If you are well-known, respected, even religious. There are people who wear their religion on their sleeve because they want everyone to know about their goodness, their righteousness. I mean, they're not perfect, but they're not that bad. They're definitely not a sinner like a lot of other folks are. I want to tell you, the greatest blasphemy you can do toward God and hurl His way is that of self-righteousness. I've got this, Lord. I'm good enough. I don't need Jesus as my Savior. Oh, as I think about all kinds of people, all kinds of people go to hell, both great and small, rich and poor, educated, uneducated, young and old. Think about it. Death is coming your way and my way. There's an appointment we're going to keep. I'll tell you what stirs my heart a lot of times is periodically I'll stop by a cemetery and I'll just walk through there, read the names and read when they were born 
and when they died. And of course, I'll calculate their age in my mind. I'm thinking, wow, can you imagine this? Here's one lived a long, long time, but their life's over. Here's one that didn't even make it beyond a day. Here's one that died as a child, as a teenager, in the 20s, in the 30s, in the 40s, and on up. I'm going to tell you, death comes to all. Death comes to all. Believe what God's word says about hell because hell is a real place because all kinds of people go to hell. It's all about what you're trusting, who you're trusting. Then number three, here's the good news. Believe what God's word says about hell because you don't have to go to hell. That's the greatest news right there, right? You don't have to go to hell. Now think about it. Now, the rich man had everything but God. The poor man had nothing but God. And so, think about this rich man in verse 24 cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. And then it speaks of this great gulf. It's like he's not going over there. Now, think about it. Jesus led uh, these away out of the heart of the earth, these believers up on high. Uh, and all believers who die in Christ now, we, we don't go here to Abraham's bosom. We don't go here. Paradise has been emptied out. But this place of torment still exists. But in this time, he, he, he sees Abraham. Think about it. And it says here, afar off, and he's asking, think about it. Oh, would you help me in some way? Would you span this gulf? And in verse 26 it says, And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. Underline that, a great gulf. It's a, it's a chasm here. The thought is that this is unabridgeable space. It cannot be crossed. There's a great divide. I'll tell you what, there is a divide, not only in eternity, in this regard, but in that time to come, there's only going to be two different kinds of people in eternity, the saved and the lost. That's it. You're not going to see those designations there, the rich and the poor, the educated, the uneducated, the known, the unknown. You're not going to see that. It's just going to be the saved and the lost. And by the way, they said that was what they used, two signs when people were trying to find information about their loved ones that went down aboard the Titanic. There were just two categories of people. There were those who were saved and those who were lost. Which category? Are you in? As you think about this, the Bible says in verse 27, Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. Now think about it. All of a sudden he's not thinking about himself and all that he can heap to himself and enjoy in this life. He's thinking about others. And it starts immediately with his loved ones. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. 
And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. I used to think about that thing. I believe I would. I think if I saw someone that had died and they came back to life, I'd probably believe what they had to say. But here's the point. Do you realize Jesus died on the cross and he rose again? And before he ascended up into heaven, the Bible says, some believed and some doubted, even the resurrected Lord. There's some people just not going to believe because they're blinded by their pride, their self-righteousness. They cannot see or understand that they are not good enough in themselves to go to heaven. It says, let them hear them. I think about this. I wonder. You've got the word of God. I've got the word of God. Have we shared it with our loved ones so they can hear what the prophets have said? What the Word of God has said about this matter of eternity. Have we shared it with them? Oh, God wants us to. God commands us to. If you read in Mark chapter 9, Jesus said, If your eye offend pluck it out. Now think about how dramatic and descriptive this is. If your eye offend thee, pluck it out. If your right hand offends you, cut it off. It's like, wow, what, what do you mean? Jesus is saying, at all cost, don't go to hell. The only thing that matters in eternity is whether or not you know Christ as your Savior. It doesn't matter what you have or don't have in this life. The only thing that matters is if you have Jesus by faith in your heart as your Savior. That's the only thing that matters. At all cost, don't go to hell. One writer said, if Satan can talk the angels out of heaven, he can talk you into hell. Be careful who you listen to. Think of the value of your soul when both heaven and hell are after it. Its worth can only be estimated by the price paid to redeem it. The good news is that you don't have to go to hell. You can hear the word of the Lord and be saved. That's the good news. Some people would ask, why would a good God send people to hell? And that's not really what he does. We're already on our way to hell. We're condemned already. What God does is offer us a way of escape, a way of forgiveness. It's up to us. To take it by faith. I thought this was interesting. I was reading this story about Christopher Columbus. Hundreds of years before he was born, the motto of the country of Spain was ne plus ultra. This is Latin for no more beyond. Spaniards believed in their day that they had already discovered everything worth discovering. One of those beautiful monuments to Christopher Columbus today is the statue in Spain of a huge lion with the words ne plus ultra underneath it. However, the lion is eating the first word ne. All that can be read is more beyond. 
That was Columbus's greatest legacy. He proved that there was more beyond. Jesus too has shown that there is more beyond. It is through the death of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross and His resurrection from the dead that we can all say with assurance that there is plus ultra. There is more beyond. This life is not all there is to it, friend. There's another life coming. There is more beyond this life. Are you ready to meet the God who made you? Do you have loved ones that you need to pray and ask God to deal with today that it would open their hearts and their minds and draw them unto himself? There is so much more beyond even that God has for us. And for this church, he wants us to be a lighthouse. He wants us to be a witness as I studied this, I told Rebecca this week, I said, I don't know why, it's just amazing. I had planned to preach and continue the thought on unbelief concerning the spies in the land. But it's like God impressed this upon my heart so deeply. Every time I would study it or begin to work on it and develop this message, it would bring tears to my heart and to my eyes. I thought, dear God in heaven... Would you pull back the veil just ever so little and remind us of where you brought us from and where we could be today, but also where our loved ones are headed if they don't trust Christ. May God speak to us today. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Savior, would you settle that in your heart before it's eternally too late? Salvation is not something you work for. The work is already been done is simply a gift you receive by faith let's bow our heads for prayer thank you for listening to the shining light we pray that this time has been a time of encouragement and blessing to you the shining light is a production of shining light baptist church located at 2541 old charlotte highway in monroe north carolina if you don't have a church home we invite you to join us Service times and more information can be found at our website, www.shininglightmonroe.com. You can also watch our services on Facebook and YouTube and connect with us on social media. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.